Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Deconstructed Drummer. I'm Jeff Dukakis, and thanks for checking it out. So this is a conversation I had with Loz Benson. Loz is a fantastic drummer, great singer, and great songwriter as well, too, who's got a pretty incredible list of artists she's worked with, including John Butler Trio, Earthboy, Missy Higgins, Tonight Alive, as well as on the recording side with Paul Kelly, Sandy Evans, OYX's Live in Texas, and a whole bunch of others as well. So in addition to that, she's also got a bunch of her own projects as well, too, Benson and the Outlaws, Ginger Jones, and That Redhead. I've been following Loz for a while now, but I saw lately that she had a blog that she's been doing called Touring a Lifestyle, which is about well-being both on and off the road. The conversation about mental health is one that I've been really pretty passionate about. I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, and it's been really opening up, at least I feel like it's been opening up in the music industry in the last few years. And Loz has been really upfront and open about her own journey with health, well-being, mental health, and that sort of stuff as well, too, on the blog. And she's also interviewed a bunch of amazing musicians about how they've managed to make touring work long-term for them. So Loz was kind enough to come in for a chat, and we talked all things music, touring, mental health, creativity, songwriting, and a bunch of other stuff as well, too. It's got a lot of really great practical advice in there as well, too, which is fantastic. It was an absolute pleasure getting to sit down with Loz. I think you'll really enjoy it. So here it is. Please enjoy my conversation with Loz Benson. And that's Enjoy Too Many Times. Thanks for doing this, Loz. No worries. Are we've started? Yeah. Okay. We're going. Okay. That's like the, <laughs> yeah, I, do, I, I, don't, I don't do the, uh, like the prefaced intro or anything like that in person because that gets weird. Okay. I'm sure you've had that from doing like radio and that sort of stuff. We're like, all right, sitting here with uh, Loz Benson. Loz, how's everything going? And they read like your bio of like weird stuff you've achieved yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, this makes me feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, I definitely think it's better to just go, like, hey. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> cool. All right. Here we go. Um, so the first question is always, if you're at a dinner party and someone asks you what you do, how do you answer that question? Oh, man. That's so hard. I've started to get a little bit more confident with my answer because I used to ha- felt like I have had to explain to people like, oh, I'm a musician, but then explain to them that that's not like, you know... A lot of people who aren't musicians don't understand what that involves. And they go, oh, that must be fun just playing, you know, drums all the time. And I go, well, actually, I I teach and I I do this and I do that. And I'm like, you know, I justify myself. But now I just say I'm a professional musician and I teach and I do gigs and I have fun. So, yeah, that's what I say now. Wicked. Or I just say I'm a drummer slash vocalist and then just stop justifying what I do or... Actually, and it comes down to income. I always feel like I have to be like, I'm a musician, but this is how I earn my money. Yeah, yeah. Which it, it really seems like that's so caught up in any sort of discussion about work or something like that. It's like, can you, yeah, but how do you make money? And if you make money from multiple incomes, it's like, it's, are you not good enough to do that one? But I feel like so much of that is like an education thing. Mm. And, and sometimes people just don't actually know how musicians make their income because they are not musicians themselves or they don't understand. So depending on who asks, who's at the dinner party. So um, interesting first question. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, what's your rapper name or something? (laughs) I don't know. I should should start doing that. It's a good icebreaker. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's going to be the new first question. Yeah. What would your rapper name be? Uh, DJ... 
white guy. I don't know. DJ white guy. You got a bit of orange tinge in your beard. I you do. could be like DJ for shizzle, manizzle, ginger, something. <laughs> I don't even know. That's, anyway, I'm putting that on a business card and uh-huh. handing that out immediately, just going. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. Also, and look, I think I think the reason why I'm interested in that question is it's sort of like, how do people think of themselves and then express that to? Uh, someone else who's like, what do you do? And you're like, yeah, oh. totally. Yeah. And, oh, that's hard. Yeah. And especially cause you, you wear a lot of different hats. Like it, it's, it's very hard to just categorize you as a drummer or mm. a singer or a guitar player or, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> if I can call myself that yet, I don't know if I've earned the, the first, um, Oh, I don't even know. I'm, yeah, I'm so early in the guitar thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's almost like, uh, I, yeah, that's, it's just a hard question because you, I always downplay it, you know, because I'm like, oh, I don't know. But um, yeah, I guess if you are wearing so many hats, that's why I just say musician all encompassing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hard question though. It kind of got me stumped a bit because yeah, it really does show what you think about yourself, how you answer that. Yeah. I definitely like, I think if you're in a state of flux as well too, that's when it's 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 a particularly tricky thing to answer. Yeah. You're like, um, uh, what do you do? <laughs> you yeah. Know, just deflect, yeah. But I'm getting more confident now because it's like, you know, uh, I mean, well, I'm 28. I've been doing this for a couple of years and it's like, no, I'm pretty confident now with what I do. Mm. Um, and sometimes I get really self-conscious about it because, you know, you, you know, our lifestyles are very different to someone who's doing a nine to five Monday to Friday. It's like, I'm a carpenter or I am a, I do, this is my job title. But I think musicians, so like you said, fluctuating and got so many different colors. So yeah. And what do, what do you think that confidence is, is improving from? Do you feel like that's just part of like growing up and evolution and getting older and a bit more comfortable? Or is there like, was there a definite moment where you were like, no, I'm fucking, this is what I do. Oh, that's, um, gosh, I don't know. I think it just comes from like being confident and like happy at what, you know, like if you're, if you're like happy and doing what you love, then you're probably going to be more confident with talking about it, you know? But if you're a bit like, oh, I kind of play drums or maybe not that confident, I guess. I don't know why I'm looking at the drums. I'm looking at the drums (laughs) for answers. Um, (laughs) um, your secrets drums. It's definitely a combination of like yourself and also for me, I get a lot of support from my peers and my friends and the people I play with because they're going to be like, hey, dude, that sounds really good or great song or not that you always need a pat on the back, but it's kind of nice to surround yourself in that community that's like building you up and um, because, you know, as musicians, we can be very, um, what's the word, self-critical, you know, um, so... Yeah, there's definitely that element of self-belief. And I think also to be a good musician, you d- you have to have like a healthy level of ego, but you also have to have that level of, okay, I need to work on this. Like I can get better. Because if you didn't have that, well, then you probably wouldn't be very good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've got to have that level of confidence, but also like, okay, like I, I need to work on that. I could be better. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a – I think one of the words that's popped up a lot in interviews and will definitely pop up today is balance. It's yeah. like you're balancing that – that critical voice of, you know, 
growing from that sort of going, no, I need to be better, but without going, I'm a piece of shit mm. and I'm never going to do anything right. Mm. And it's so hard. I've been um, listening to <laughs> listening to a lot of uh, podcasts or like YouTube videos on perfectionism because I'm really interesting, uh, interested in the concept that we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we do see like the end product or, you know, like, you know, we're listening to, um, you know, tracks that have been like recorded and compressed and the drumming's really tight or, you know, social media, we see the end product and we don't actually see like the hard work it's taken to get there. So like, you know, you know, I'm listening to like Anderson Pack and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wow, I've really got a lot of work. But also what about everything it took him to, to get from A to B? We uh, from B to A, well, whatever, how you look at, but you know, there, I think there is that kind of pressure we put on ourselves. I don't know. Well, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I don't I, know. I can 100% relate. Yeah. And are you a Brene Brown fan? Have you? Oh, okay. So she, she. So naive. Sorry. No, you'll, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> that you haven't heard of her because you're going to go and, <laughs> and possibly check her out. So she's a shame researcher is her. Area. Did you say shame? Shame, yeah. Oh, like imposter syndrome type thing? It's, it's like similar a- to that, but she does um, – oh, I've forgotten the name of the kind of – qualitative theory I think is what she does. So she interviews and then finds threads through the data mm-hmm. sort of in reverse to testing a hypothesis. But she's like – she's got a book called The Gifts of Imperfection, which is fucking amazing. I think I've heard of that. It's yeah. like on one of my – to, to get because I I read I choose through a lot of books it's probably yeah. like one of my someone's probably recommended it and I haven't gotten it but now I'm gonna go I'm gonna literally go to a bookshop after this and buy it probably it's fucking fantastic she's Keep got a perfect- yeah. yeah she's got a great TED talk that went crazy with like because she yeah she talks about vulnerability and shame and how important that is to living any sort of fulfilled balanced life and mm. yeah she's fucking awesome so okay. i'm yeah i think you dig it i'm excited about the fact that you can check her out do yeah. you know what i actually a week ago my friend sent me a message being like you should check out this book and i it was that book really or maybe it was like the because the, is it a podcast as well it's like a t- it's like a, a video or something she, yeah probably the ted talk yeah yeah anyway yeah. i'll i'll get onto that because i'm really yeah would be interested to read that because like we mentioned before like the big magic book that was really good and there's a couple of really great self-help books out there and actually i will just quickly mention one right now which is really good it's called living with a creative mind um which does talk about some of those concepts um but it's by um jeff crabtree um it's by zebra collective i think but it is a book for musicians about like living you know like our thought patterns and processes completely different to i don't want to say normal people but like people who do have that creative creative mind creative tendencies and some of those things that can filter through that can like really affect the way we are creative and in like basically stop us from being creative which you know some of those things like shame and vulnerability they're great but then not that they're not great sorry um you need the balance. You need the yin and yang, you know, so. Yeah, that's it. And they're also necessary things. Like I think I, without going too far down armchair psychology on myself, <laughs> I, yeah, I spent a lot of years trying to like kill those emotions and like bury them and go, no, 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 no. If I can take them out, it doesn't happen. You just become better at being able to like monitor and and go, okay, that's that voice that is telling me I'm a piece of shit, but I'm not going to listen to that voice. Mm. Yeah. 
sometimes you just feel bad and you and you do everything you can and but then sometimes you just have to sit with that feeling and go okay well for whatever reason this is how I feel and then you know it might subside and it's just about actually going this is human so you know you can't just be a game 100% of the time yeah yeah but again there's because that's what we see you know we only see the highlight reel you made there's that that you know you, we look out and we go oh well, they're always achieving high or they're really happy or that you know they yeah anyway that whole concept so yeah yeah really um fascinating it so. is yeah yeah and do you like do you meditate do you have sort of self-care practices that take care of that side yeah totally i I actually found it really hard to get into meditation mainly because I couldn't concentrate. But now I'm just training myself to do a 10-minute meditation, which is all I can handle right now. But I do other things that I feel are my form of meditation. So even like sitting down and reading a book because it's like I'm just focused on that or going for a bushwalk. But um, yeah, meditation, I think anyone with, you know, anxiety or I don't know, it it can be really beneficial just to try and be still and be, be. Um, so yeah. And I, and too, with the, um, just speaking to more musicians now, people are, you know, really talking about it more and actively being like, this is what I do. And everyone's just more, you know, really supportive in the, in the industry. It's just cause you can't be creative if your mind is, um, having a hard time so well you can be it's just hard <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's stacking the deck against like any sort of creative flow yeah yeah and i'm interested in the fact that because it feels like there's a noticeable shift over like the last i, I want to say 10 years but it could have been happening before or, or after that but there is much more of a conversation about mental health and about all of these things because it's such a especially the touring side, is such a weird existence. And it stresses upon other stresses, just compounding and then going, but go out there and play for an hour to thousands of people and then be okay to just walk back and sit on a bus by yourself. For, like it's, it's such an unnatural... It's a different ball game. Yeah, It's just yeah. a different lifestyle that you just have to... Um, actually, that's why I started the blog because... When I when I did my first tour, I was so like, what do I do? What do I expect? How is this going to go? And I I remember Googling. I was like, I and thinking to myself, I wish there was like a little manual or something that was like, this is what to expect from your first tour because I was like a ball of nerves and yeah, and I I was such a rookie and I struggled so badly because I was like, oh my gosh, didn't know how to, I mean, obviously you get better at it and you, you learn how to take care of yourself. But, um, I know a lot of musicians who are starting out would really struggle and, um, just not know how to take care of themselves. I mean, even one of our, you know, I think, I don't know, you probably knew, uh, Luke. It was always one step from, I never met Luke, but it was always like everyone I knew knew and loved Luke. Like, and I and I think just like there's so many people that do that, – that's why I'm just wanting to be so open about touring and well-being and how we can do it better because it's different to just gigging. You know, if you're away for five months, it's just – it's completely different. You know, actually, do you know what? The way I explain touring to like my family and friends who don't know what it's like, I said imagine if – you know your nine-to-five job? Imagine those 20 people that you go to work with in the office. Imagine like – 
you know, living with them for five months and you live with them on a bus and, you know, when you finish work, you don't go home, you then go and, you know, like sleep in the same, not even separate rooms on a bus together. So, you know, that one person that's really annoying at work or that person that like maybe you don't get along with, like you're going to have to sleep with them on a bus and uh, just explain it in that way. And that even that is, is a skill in itself. So the um, actually taking care of yourself, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of discovered the hard way because I just, I mean, everyone, anyone who's toured knows it's, I'm a sensitive uh, human as well. So like I really need my eight hours sleep and, you know, can't really abuse sus- substances because it just wrecks my mood and ability to perform. And so, yeah, that's why I started that, um, that blog, um, the touring, um, what is it? Touring a lifestyle. <laughs> <It's> so lame. <laughs> oh God, it's so lame. I just tried to come up with something that was like going to, pe- people were going to find it. Like touring as a lifestyle. Yeah. I got to will be yeah. oh, anyway. <laughs> so yeah you have the same squirm that i do when people are like oh what do you what do you, what's your podcast called oh, fuck no but your podcast the name's cool <laughs> the deconstructed drama is cool and it's very explanatory it's like you know do you know what i mean anyway yeah. thank you i appreciate that but I, and it's yeah. short too it's three words it's not like touring a lifestyle guide to well-being on the road or whatever it is but yeah, yeah. Um, so good job with that one <laughs> <laughs> and so how how long has the blog been running now when i was on tour last year i was trying to get it up and running but i just didn't have the headspace so when i got back last year from touring i actually had the goal of like uploading three um blogs a week but i just couldn't like i, I the format was you know an interview a weekly tip and then a blog post on whichever topic I wanted to do. But now it's just like whenever I have, like, for example, I've been sitting on a couple of interviews I haven't even published yet and like a couple of blog blog posts on particular subjects that I just haven't, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to do other things as well, like write original music and uh, all the other things. Like I'm a typical Capricorn. I like, I'm, I want to do everything and I want to do it now. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I think in the last month it's like, I want to do go-go dancing and shamanic drumming and teach myself the banjo, but I've just ended up like playing guitar. So in amongst all that, <laughs> trying to do the blog, I, I actually need to get my game together. But some people have said they've been reading it, which is cool. So Whenever I get a chance, I'll just post it. But yeah, it's probably only been going for, you know, six or seven months. And um, yeah, it's really just focused on well-being and being a musician or a creative person. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about that is are you noticing – because you've, you've interviewed some incredible musicians for the blog. Are you noticing patterns from those interviews that you've done? Are there any threads that are running through everyone with, with yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think the pattern that I've noticed that's actually made me feel great as well is people do struggle and some of them have had to learn the hard way and a lot of people have similar... In fact, I was going to do a post about like... I might do it at the end of the year, like here's what I've learned from all my interviews, but it's very interesting that the traits, like not the traits, the things that people do to look after their mental well-being and also I think... um, it's probably quite self-explanatory and really obvious, but I think I wanted to tailor it for creative people because, yeah. you know, it's it's completely different, you know. But to answer your question um, in terms of patterns, 
Yeah, I mean, everyone always, uh, the people that I've spoken to, I guess, will mention how important exercise is um, and eating well, how food affects your mood, sleep, just like the real basics that are like, oh, yeah, I, I do that. Like, But it's actually so insane how if you're not, if one of those things is out of whack, you can go downhill so fast and I think something that I struggled with when I was touring is you know you most people would finish their normal day job at you know 5 p.m and they'd go home maybe go to the gym have dinner go to bed whereas like when you're touring it's like you've got the whole day then you do the gig and it's quite late so you're gonna get yeah you're buzzing at midnight well between the hours of you know 11 to 3 a.m and then you've somehow got a wind down and then go to bed and that can be really hard you know you might eat after the show or it's like the, everything's so stimulating the lights you know you, adrenaline it's fucked like so it's you know you can do it and that's something that I was like when I was on tour I was like I don't understand like and you know some people have different ways of you know trying to go to sleep <laughs> um so that I guess long term might not be healthy um the blog's been good also for me to learn how to take care of myself better because I was struggling. So I was like, I'm a very proactive person. If there's something that's not working, I like to problem solve. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? How can I do it better? Um, where's the hiccup? And just look at all the information. But I don't know if that's my personality. Yeah, like to, to fix things if they can be fixed. You know? yeah. yeah, not even it's about fixing. It's like, how can I function in a way that's going to make me feel happier, healthier, be able to be creative and just like function and be good, nice to be around. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's it's rough with that sort of stuff, like just lack of space. And especially like if you're, if you're introverted and you need personal space to recharge, it just, it just doesn't exist unless you ha- actively pursue it, I guess. Like you'd have to go and go, I'm going to disappear for two hours and go here. Yeah. Mm. And I think outside, because now that I'm not touring, uh, some of the blog posts that I want to do are focused on just like in general, you know, well-being for musicians. So, for example, how you start your day and how you finish it, like how are you waking up, how are you going to bed, because that can really affect your creativity. And for someone like me, where I am trying to write at the moment, you know, some days you know, as an entrepreneur, you've got days off. Sometimes you have to work from home. You have to be structured. And if you're like sleeping in and, you know, having like a kind of, you know, not really nutritious, healthy breakfast and you're not really doing exercise and you kind of just, you know, you might not be functioning at your peak. Yeah. For me, it's just what can I do that's going to help me function at my best so I can achieve the goals that I want to creatively. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good headspace to book gigs, which is like, Piring at the you know best of times, sitting like it's exhausting. Even, <clears throat> yesterday, three hours, emails, venues, like you know copying, like just doing all that stuff. Like as musicians now, you know we we're not even just just musicians. You know we self manage. We book the gigs, we promote them, and everything else that goes with it. And so many of those things are the absolute antithesis of writing and being creative. And it's like, it's so hard to quarantine those two sides. Mm. Yeah. And if you've just had a really crappy night's sleep and you've just like eaten heaps of carbs and you're a bit anxious and overwhelmed, you're like, oh, I'll just watch Netflix for the next five hours. Like, and then you just procrastinate and yes, but you know, there's no time like the now. And, um, (laughs) I think that's, (laughs) I get so excited about, the doing the vlog and interviewing people because it's like, oh, people are passionate about, you know, what they do and 
they want to be able to do it well. Yeah. So been really good. So some of the people I've interviewed have been really interesting. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I've so I've I've deep dived. I've I've read start to finish on on everything. Lord, whoa! It's, Holy smoke! It's fucking awesome. Oh, <laughs> it's gosh. really good. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and look, <laughs> you're probably the only person that's done that. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I don't even know who reads it. Like, it's more of a hobby now because I'm like, don't actually know if anyone reads these. So I just put them out when I can. Hopefully, yeah. one person will be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Might help someone. And this, look, this is the thing. This might, I, I'm aware of how this might come across, and I fucking I cringe at what I'm about to say. The idea that anyone listens to a podcast and someone's like, hey, man, that really helped me. I'm like, well, you fucking listened? What? <laughs> What? I know. Really? It's like, like, well, this is the whole point of it. So, but yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. What is that called when someone gives you a compliment and you go, oh, really? Like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's just that. Is that the imposter syndrome thing? Yeah, that would. It's like, hey, your blog's really great. Oh, you read it? Oh, it's like, yeah. well, yeah, like you. That's what you do. So. Yeah. And, what, I, and I guess there's a, there's a difference between like being humble, being like, wow, thank you. And then just being like, I like that a bit. It's like, was I really good? I don't know. I think I could, I don't know what you call that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's, it's definitely very close to the imposter syndrome sort of thing. Cause I, that's something I've had to really work on dealing with. Cause they're just, even, even now, like I have to constantly talk myself into going, Hey man, like you've been playing for 20 years now. You've you kind of know what you're doing. It's going to be okay. Instead of just going, one day the phone's going to ring and they're going to go, hi, uh, this is the International Committee of Drummers. Um, we've realized you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, <laughs> hand your sticks in. Like, we always, just, we, uh, there's that, um, we, you know, we compare ourselves to other people, which is so, so bad, but we still do it. And yeah. yeah, but, you know, each to their own. Like, I'm sure there's things I can do that someone else can't do. And there's a lot of things that other people can do that I still can't do, but that's okay because everyone's on their own journey. But I, even now with social media, it's so easy to compare. Like it's so bad, but we do it. So less of that. Yeah. Actually, I was just reading an article the other day, the, the negative effects of social media, which we all know it's like, you know, it's bad and good. It's not good. It's not bad, but it can be really bad sometimes if you're vulnerable I guess feeling a little bit in that area. So yeah, and that's because I've just deleted Facebook completely. Oh, wow! I've, I've still got I've still got the podcast page through like a weird admin account that has no anything else. The Instagram is still going, but I only post when I've got a show or a podcast, mm-hmm. and everything else I've just taken a step back because I don't like who I become when social media is there and I'm scrolling through feeds and going fuck did that person get that gig and what the fuck I wish I could play like Mm. it just I don't I don't like that input coming Mm. in Mm. yeah good on you I I've actually started using Facebook less I only use it now to you know ask you know yeah promote gigs and like post random questions like does anyone have a you know delay pedal like Mm. I'll just post a stupid video um but I'm not actually actively scrolling as much and like like and comment like and comment it's just like eh but Instagram, um, yeah, I've been a bit active on there lately trying to upload videos and stuff. But I think even next week I was like one of my goals was like take a break from social media. Just go back to chopping wood, Cho- like just practicing. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of like I don't have to upload videos of my uh, progress. Um, but it's not even that. It's just like I, I get excited. I want, I want, I'm just having fun too, just like uploading a video of like, hey, something I've 
worked on. Here you go. Yeah, but I, I think that's totally the key. Is like if you're if you're having fun and it's an enjoyable thing, you do it. It's like it's about it just being a tool, not being something that you're like, oh, this governs my life. Yeah, now. yes. It's like, what am I like sat now? Like, how many followers do I have? No, that will kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's not healthy. Um, yes. Yeah, and people who do that probably are like. Yeah, you know, it's just like people who have like, you know, a billion followers. It's like they're up at 8 a.m. They're creating content. They're like, you know, that's their, that's their gig. But it's like, yeah, I guess it depends what you want out of it. And content just it sends a shiver up my spine. I'm just like, ugh. I just, it's something about that language involved around that that makes me well, go, I don't like that. In this day and age where there is so much information, we are constantly trying to grab people's attention. And, you know, you've got that 10 seconds to make an impression, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like people saying to me now, don't record an album. People aren't going to listen to that whole album. Just record a single. And even then, people are just going to listen to a couple of seconds. So make sure it's good and you've got to make that impression. And, yeah. you know, make sure you're constantly uploading content so people like actually Actively, like you're at the front, you know, front of their lobe, at their brain. Oh, it's like so much pressure. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Yeah, it's an unnatural amount of pressure. Mm. You're not supposed to have that going up. Well, at least I don't think. Yeah, it's crazy. And so with with the blog as well too. You uh, you're very open about what has happened previously and writing about why you've started the blog and you know all that sort of stuff. Was there apprehension before being that open? Was that, or was it just like, no, 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 this is, I need to do this Good like question. this? Good question. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm not one of those like oversharers, you know, like a lot of people post quite private or public stuff on, you know, Facebook, yeah, maybe yeah. for validation, maybe for reassurance, maybe because they feel a sense of community and security and, and you know, they get, but for the, for me, the blog, it was more like I'm struggling and others are. Also, I couldn't find anything. Actually, the main reason I started is because I couldn't find anything like actually tailored for musicians specifically on touring. So like not just gigging, except now it's kind of a bit more, you know, broad, but specifically on touring, specifically well-being. And you know what? Oh, gosh, I, I don't even... I actually wanted it to be a book. I wanted it to be like, you know, a book about touring and 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 lifestyle and like actually have this great, you know, um, Tim Ferriss just put out a book called Tribe of Mentors yeah, yeah. and it's like he interviews a whole bunch of people but he asks them the same 10 questions. I actually had this cool idea to have a book that was going to be like a manual for people like me, maybe going on their first tour. And it was going to be this little manual of information that had like interviews from seasoned musicians, maybe people that weren't seasoned musicians, like just local bands. Yeah, yeah. And then just like tips on well-being and like, you know, topics that people would, uh, you know, go through on tour, like going through a breakup on tour or like what happens when your band break up, breaks up on tour or like what if you're trying to create on the road or like being away for a certain amount of time or weekend touring and try and cover all those topics. And then I, it just has gone into a, it's, well, I'm attempting to do the blog posts, which I had grand dreams of doing one a week, but um, I've just doing so many things, um, which is probably not, not a, bad thing but i mean i'm trying to be consistent but yeah i just um anyway that's 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 where it was going so um i forgot the original question um <laughs> sorry what was it Appar- whether oh, there was, was apprehension appar- yeah. about like sorry, that i'll open. go back to the question yeah so the 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 want and need for me to be open was came from like well 
I think I need to be because I don't think there's anything out there like it. Even if I've only got 100 followers, hopefully like, yeah, I just think we need, yeah, just you're going to get across to people if they feel comfortable. It's like, oh, I'm not alone in this or me too as well like I felt like such a rookie because everyone on my tour the John Butler tour was like very experienced whereas I hadn't even slept on a bus before so like I couldn't sleep I had to take sleeping pills because like just the noise and the, the bumpiness yeah yeah and then like that coupled with like anxiety and panic attacks I was just like not good I was and yeah they're not eating well it's just all that stuff. So I think being open about it, it's like, hey, this is the reality. Um, it's going to be a bit rocky, but here are some things you can do that might help or like just be aware of these things. It'll make it easier for you. It won't, you yeah. know, you can have, and it's not always stressful. Like it can be really fun and depending on the people that you're with as well can really affect it too. I haven't really spoken about that much in my blog, but I will. Yeah. And I, th- I think the book's a great idea. Like it, one day, yeah. One day, yeah. When I'm like 50, and I'm like, well, I've gathered all my data and information, and now I'll put it into a book, and you know, maybe someone will publish it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also, I totally get what you mean with the, like, especially when you've got multiple irons in the fire, figuring out what a consistent, like, doable level mm. every month is, just takes time. There's time yeah. where you just go, oh fuck, I've bitten off too much, and then like, you then have a few weeks break and mm, like mm. just figuring out what works is. Yeah. And I, I feel I'm still pretty focused. Like I've, I've got all my, I've got my blog and I've got my bands and I've got my teaching. I've got the goals. It's just um, having the headspace to do. And I find teaching takes up a lot because I give a lot of energy to teaching. So yeah, it's just trying to do all of them is sometimes hard, but I could be more consistent. I'm sure I could yeah, plan it out a bit better. So anyway, school holidays are coming up and I'm like, I'm going to, I've got a couple of interviews I'm going to post and more, some more, um, posts. Um, I'm going to do one on, yeah, how to start your morning and finish it. And then another one on self care. Um, and then one on anxiety, I think. So there's some three I've got lined up and I'll do eventually. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I'm really glad you're doing it. Oh, thanks. Really glad. Yeah. Just keep chugling away yeah that's it just keep on chugling <laughs> that's the word yeah that's a, i think it's a cre- it's a it's from a credence song have you heard that no, okay no. So there's a cre- <laughs> it's a uh, credence clearwater revival song keep on chugling anyway um that's not important um totally important yeah but um yeah i i, I have had some people say oh, i read your post I, I i was trying to go gun ho at it but just yeah like you said um even just like staying on social media and like trying to get people's attention, I'm like, I, I don't know how much energy I'm willing to give it. So that's why I just post when I can. Totally, yeah, yeah. And the the other thing too is it's if it's generating a source of income, it's it's easier to carve out time. Mm-hmm. I feel like for that. Oh yeah, it's Whereas, totally just yeah. Yeah, it's a passion project. You're like, okay, if I have time, but if I'm really fucking busy or I just can't handle that going on, yeah, it, totally, it, it falls to the bottom. Yeah. I could talk about some habits that I've recently just been doing that have been quite helpful for drumming and, I don't know, just creativity in general. I don't know, just for the lols if you want to That'd be cool. Them. Yeah. But, so one of them, one of the tips came from Tim Ferriss. Uh, there's a video on YouTube. You've probably watched it. It's like how he winds down for the night where he has his tea and he has his – actually, one of the tips was I think it was hot tea, like a herbal tea and apple cider vinegar and honey. I haven't actually – 
which is interesting. I haven't tried that yet, but um, he has like a salt bath, like a magnesium bath, which I think is really good for yeah. um, winding down. But I'm trying to limit screen time before I go to bed, like read a book instead because that can be really hectic, like staring at that bright light. The winding down for the night thing is, yeah, that's a that's a, a definite thing because I like I've experimented with all the different the different shit. But the the one thing I was gonna I was gonna add to that that is like not the only thing, but one of the big things is like a little bit of soft tissue work and like sort of so I've got like lacrosse balls and like so you, and foam rolling and that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, you ever finish a gig and you're like lower back? So actually, oh my god, heat packs. I've got I've started using like now I have like a, a sort of what shape is that? Uh, long rectangle cylinder. Long rec- one for your yeah, yeah, one for your lower back, and then I have like a little square one which I put behind my neck, like when I'm going to bed. Or like yeah, do that's actually been so good. I should get some of those foam roll- rollers though. Yeah, there's a there's a um. They used to be called Mobility Wad, but it's now called the Ready State because Mobility Wad is douchey and crossfitty, and <laughs> yeah, you know that's a whole thing. But the the whole concept of that is people should be able to perform self-maintenance on their own tissues. And so it's, it's using foam rollers but also like lacrosse balls that are gaff taped together into a peanut and just that's that's been a, a game changer with like being able to undo Mm-mm. being in those like sort of weird flexed Mm-mm. positions that you are in with drumming. Yeah, or even just doing – there's this yoga position which I love which I don't know how to describe but it's like you are lying down and you like – uh, arcing what well, I don't know what that bit's called lumbar spine yeah pelvis because yeah. where like that it, it just puts it back into place yeah. I'm sorry I, I'm, it's like people can't see what I'm doing with my back and hands but I'm not very good at explaining but I would like to get better at learning how to wind down on the days that I have gigs because on the days I don't have gigs it's great I'm like you know nine o'clock phone off having a bath getting into bed reading the book turning the lights down but after gigs if I get home at like 1am I'm like, uh, cool. Well, I literally <laughs> just gonna watch some stupid YouTube memes, like because yeah. you can't switch off. I find it really hard. And then I, if you get hungry, and then you're eating before bed. And something recently I've been struggling with is waking up at three or four in the morning. This is something I was gonna write about in my blog post because if you eat before bed, it, it spikes your insulin. And then at three or four, it's like you get like the sugar rush. So I'm waking up like really hungry like going like midnight snacking it's not yeah, good yeah yeah yeah. so i was like oh, okay i need to be more strict about this like it's really bad and just, I'm, I'm a bit of a rookie at that actually still yeah it's just such a, like there's so many little things and i think that's that's the thing it's it's like the sum of its parts with that sort of shit it's like you do like a little bit and then a little bit of that and then just finding the right combo mm-hmm. that i look I, I don't know i don't know if you are liable to fall into the, the same trap. But I definitely, like, I hit a point with my morning routine where I had, like, two hours worth of, like, a list to check off. I was like, I do to- this and then I, that and then I, that and then... It depends what your schedule is, though. I love taking my time positive, like, priming for the day. Hmm. Like, I mean, you can have too much stuff, but then also I take so much care and pride into, like, setting up my day because, because though, because I have really struggled with... Uh, anxiety and feeling a bit melancholy it's like I'm gonna put the work in so I do feel really great and that's totally okay I think that's yeah and some people can just wake up and go yeah yeah I think for especially people with creative 
I don't know, brains. It's like just going to help you later in the day. Yeah, yeah. You set you set the start up, and then it sort of it it'll run through. That. Mm. Yeah. I think when I take care of myself, I I am so, just just better at doing shit in general. Just even like creatively, I can sit down and write a song in a day, and I feel really good. But yeah, and sometimes you just wake up and you feel overtired or just crap. But you can, if you can somehow like just change that around at the start of the day, maybe you'll have better rest of the day. I don't know. Just everyone's different. So yeah, totally. I think there's definitely a degree of like figure out what works, mm. and that's trial and error. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're just actually making me think. I think I'm gonna go and. Work on my blog this weekend. <laughs> You're making me think of like, hey, I just realized I've um, got all these things. I just remembered I want to like blog about. I need to just. Awesome. Yes, you've inspired me. I need to go, yeah, do some. Maybe I'll just commit some time this weekend. I'll finish it. In fact, I don't know when you, how, what your kind of deadline is with these podcasts, but um, or how you work. Like, are you, are you the same? Like, is it kind of sporadic when you get a chance? Or yeah, yeah, because I'm also conscious of. Um, I each edit is a battle of like how good am I with my perfectionism right now because I want it to be broadcast quality and I don't know how to make it broadcast quality. <laughs> so it's like a constant like battle of like, come on, man, like it's good enough. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. And the other thing too is because there's it's fairly conversational, I never want to be just reading a list of questions. And so I don't want to do more than about once a month because you end up having the same conversation over and over again mm-hmm. depending on what you're listening to and reading and but something that's good about that something that I've been doing with my blog is I I have I actually wrote 20 questions and like I will try and sometimes include the same questions because I'm I want to I'm like I'm like secretly gathering data like I, like one of my really one of my questions is um what are your touring essentials um and I pretty much ask like everyone the same question because or I'll ask everyone do you know what I mean because then yeah, you can kind yeah, yeah. of I don't know. I understand though. You don't want to ask everyone the same question, but I mean, I guess for the the well being stuff, I I kind of like seeing the the similarities and the differences. And when there's a lot of similarities, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. that's that's gonna be helpful because everyone's like, oh, okay, well, this is obviously helpful to a lot of people. I should do it too. Yeah, it's no brainer. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, I think it's also that thing of like trying to figure out a voice for where this is going and what it is and yeah, all that sort of shit, you know. What's yeah. your market? What's, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> what's your I, product and I, like, yeah. what's the content you're selling? Oh yeah. All of those sentences just make me go, oh. Uh, it's, it's part of it though. I know. And I hate that it's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's a reality though. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I'll make peace with it someday. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, I look I want to dig a little bit into creativity. If you're happy to jump down that that rabbit hole. For shizzle, mine is all. Yeah. Um so you you do a bunch of projects. I should start this by saying I used to be in like eight different bands and I was like really proud of that. I was like, you know, gigging heaps. Yeah, yeah. And then it came to a point where I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Like this, you know, gigs are clashing. It's overwhelming. So now I pride myself on like having like one or two bands. But yeah, Benson and the Outlaws is like one of my new original projects. It's like kind of Southern rock. And yeah, that redhead, 
I just grew out of the. I I used so I should for people who don't know that redhead was like full on like rockabilly blues, and I used to be like I want to support Brian Setzer. I want to go play Viva Las Vegas, but it's very small scene, and I just grew out. I grew out of playing rockabilly. I really loved it, but then I, you know, it's not that it's boring. I just I wanted something a bit more stimulating and challenging. So yeah, yeah. I find with the southern rock, like listening to Allman Brothers or like. Yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes with blues, you just repeat the same verse three times, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Benson the Outlaws, and I'm also um, trying to do a new, um, another one called Ginger Jones, which is like my alter ego, uh, kind of like a Ginger Baker vibe. So it's going to be like Psych 70s, and I was, I'm was i really hoping I can play the guitar for that and um, get some delay. Like, I want to experiment with using, like, delay and reverb ped- pedals on my vocals. Yeah. So um, I don't know where that's going to go. That's on the to-do list. I've done all the demos, and I just need to figure out – I just need to get a band together. And anyway, so, yeah. Um, Fucking awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, between those those two bands, I've, I've kind of said to myself, I'm going to give it the best shot I can, and then maybe when I'm 30 I might – just go to the states. I want to do a big, big travel of the states. Like I want to visual visit the national parks and spend a bit spend a bit of time in Austin. And but like you, you know, you just saying before you going back to study, um, exercise. What's it called? Uh, exercise science, sports Ex- science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something that I'm really interested in is naturopathy, and um, I'm like, you know what? I'd love to go and study something. Like maybe travel, come back. It's not about like you know, making, you know, starting a new career. It's just like, what do I, as me as a person outside of being a musician, like what are my hobbies? What do I like doing? Like what's my jam? And you know, hashtag YOLO. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, and that's what I love about playing guitar because ever so many people are like, what are you doing? Like what, what? Cause I, I was joking to one of my friends. I said a couple of months ago, I wanted to learn it was either banjo or guitar, and they're like, "And you chose the guitar? What's wrong with you? <laughs> what the heck?" But I, I say, um, I'm a frustrated guitarist. But um, yeah, I'm just having fun, you know, with it. So I think we should just sometimes you can get really serious and caught up with it, you know. So yeah, just you should I don't know. I'm just having fun with it. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Fun is a word that's popped up a lot lately. And for good reason, because it's the whole reason why you started playing in the first place. And sometimes if, if you, you know, for me, when I get like super anxious, it's like, oh, am I good enough? What am I doing with my life? Are people going to like this? Oh, but, but so-and-so is doing so much better. And, you know, we get caught up in that, which is why I'm just like, oh, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Even some people are like, so how are you going to make the keytar look cool? I'm like, bro, you know, like Janelle Monet has a keytar player. Lady Gaga has a keycard player. I think I've seen a video of the Allman Brothers with some dude jamming. I mean, whether it sounded good or not is another question, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, um, it's just fun. That's wicked, yeah. Do you sort of, when you when you do a go to write, are you writing specifically for a project or is a song coming through and then you're like, oh, that would be a good Benson and the Outlaw song, or that would be a good... Oh, wow, that's such a hard question because I have been... I've written a whole bunch of songs, like some of them are pop songs. And I'm like, wait, I, I need to be writing Southern Rock and I don't even play guitar. It's really hard to... 
to do that. I think now I will try and be like, okay, this is, I'm going to write this in the genre or the kind of direction of Benson, the outlaws, or this is going to fit because sometimes you can write a song. And if, if you, if you're trying to make it fit into, well, this is like a folky acoustic song, but I want it to sound like a 70s psychedelic song. It's like, well, it's going to change the entire thing. So maybe you just leave that song there or yeah. And that's also why I have two projects because I'm writing like pop, songs and I'm like well I'm just going to funnel that into like a 70s kind of vibe and then the more singer songwriting songs I'll put into Benson and the Outlaws so I don't even know if that makes sense but that's just my way of compartmentalizing things yeah yeah and also I was like why can't I have two bands it's like you know Pond, Tame and Parlor they're all in like six different bands yeah so I'm like why not yeah exactly yeah and it's it's I think there is something cool being able to compartmentalize like that and go okay this is the outlet for this this is the outlet for this yeah and I can sort of just relax into knowing that instead of having that thing of going does this fit with the other songs that I've written and looks a lot of people will say well you really should just focus on one thing because how can you put energy into two projects but I think for me because I'm at the beginning stage, I'm like, I'm just kind of seeing maybe this one will take off or maybe, you know, doing this will make me realize I don't, you know, I just think it's everyone's has their own ideas about how we should do things and how we should operate. And I I guess I'm just doing what I kind of want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what anyone should do. I, I, yeah, I totally get it. And I... I've always had a, a bit of a struggle with the idea of the like you should have no plan B. You should like only focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. I find that that's more paralyzing than beneficial and that might be just a personality thing and mm. almost certainly have something to do with anxiety. But I find if there's multiple things on the boil, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to actually dedicate serious time and attention to each of those things. I think it depends on the individual. Yeah. Some people will be in your mind frame. Some people will be like, nah. This is what I want. I am 100% focused. You know, my goal is to go to Nashville and I'm going to play drums for Jack White. That is my trajectory. And then other people will be like, well, maybe I'll just be doing a couple of things. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you're going to be like crappy at all the more. You know, I think there's also, you know, people say um, you can play three instruments, but that doesn't mean you can play all of them well. It's like, dude go to Nashville and there's people who are like a gun at guitar. They're flipping, like setting their harmonica on fire and they're like an amazing singer. Oh, and they're also songwriting. So it just depends what your school of thought is and like who you are as a person. Totally. You know, I think we're quite similar because I like to, like I I can focus on like three different things with 100% clarity, but then I like to have a couple of things on the go. It sounds like you, you know, you've got your... You mentioned you just had a little bit of a break from drumming. Yeah, yeah. Which I think can be healthy. I think sometimes you just need that to to get headspace and be like, hey, what is it I actually want to move forward doing? And then you get clarity and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. This is where I'm going. And as you've decided, you're going to go back to study, which is really exciting. And yeah. yeah. Totally. And because a big part of why I felt like I needed to figure that out was because the drums had stopped being fun. I yeah. hadn't enjoyed playing, you know. And part of one of the things that um, that Benny Greb said on the camp that I was like, "Oh, that's a fucking like globe." Is he was um, he was like, "You have to quarantine practice and playing because if you have a practice mindset when you're playing, that poisons playing." 
because all of a sudden you're playing and you're noticing things that you need to improve on. And then if you're a bit self-critical, you're like, ah, that was shit. What the fuck am I doing? Where's my time sitting? You're not playing music anymore. You're not having fun. Mm. You're just like... You're not in the zone. Yeah. You're You're not actually present. You're not like playing music. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 100%. Yeah. I think I went through that as doing like a lot of wedding gigs and my back was so sore. I actually developed a gangrene on my wrist and I had to get um, – because I was playing so much and I was also playing at the time – this is like maybe two years ago. I was playing in like a punk band and I was smashing the cymbals so hard and I developed this gangrene and it was like, well, it was so painful. I couldn't even move my hand. Fuck. And they're like, well, you might have to have surgery. And I was like, ooh. And I think I went to a drum clinic and there was one guy that was like – don't get surgery because the minute they open your hand, he said something about um, something that can happen. He's like, if you can try all the natural remedies and like change how you're playing or what you're doing, try and do that. So that's when I like cut back on gigs and I just picked up more teaching work so I could take those gigs that maybe didn't pay as much, but they were enjoyable, not just like, and you know, some people love doing those cover gigs, but yeah, it gets to a point where you're like, you don't want drumming to become something that you you know, doesn't make you, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it is, it is a job, like it's a career, but you, yeah, it's like do the gigs that make you happy. And like, instead of doing the cover gig, take a, you know, a barista job or I don't know, something that's a bit not to do with music. Totally. Totally. And it's, it's very much like, I, I feel like I need to, to preface that by going, that's like, that's what I've decided will work for me. Mm definitely doesn't work for everyone though. Like, you know, there's... I would like to actually do a blog post on... I was going to do one on like financial talk, especially for young people. Like, you know, God, I wish I read The Barefoot Investor when I was like 20. Like that's just helped me so much. Like actually learning how to save and um, different sources of income. And I don't know, because I think for a lot of musicians, you know, that are maybe just doing gigs, they're like really struggling. It's like, hey, let's... I don't know. It's just a topic that I think um, could be talked about again a bit more. Totally. I think, yeah, and I think it's one of those things where more openness in general over the industry is a good thing because it's still, it feels like there's still a hesitation for people to go, I earn this much from gigs and this, you know, it's sort of like, it's, yeah, people are still reluctant. Because I know even I was speaking to my friend the other week because I, I, I met up with her for coffee and I was like, dude, like I'm really quiet. I'm freaking out. Like I don't have that many gigs. And she's like, I'm really quiet too. And we just had a conversation about that and, you know, like how the quiet periods of, you know, like even I think it depends what kind of scene you're with because I know some people say January is really quiet, but country music scene, it's like it's – you that's like – there's lots of fest, Tamworth. So, it, yeah, it, I guess it, it depends. Everyone has different ideas about, you know, yeah, some people just do gigs, but maybe they're okay with that. And Yeah. And, yeah, gig pay fluctuations. It's just, yeah, it's just um, a very big, um, what is it, tin of fish? No, um, can of worms. <laughs> tin of fish. What's that? One of them tin of fishes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm behind with the times. I'm, 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 I'm 100%. Um, nerdy. You're keeping it. You're keeping it straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, did you just say for shizzle my nizzle? You're like, <laughs> I don't think you can say that. Like, who do you think you are? Snoop Dogg? Anyway, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I say crikey a lot too. It's like, I don't know where that's come from. It's just stuck in. Yeah. 
Anyway, sorry, that's completely random. Back to conversation topic. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I went through a little phase of saying cool bananas. And every time I'd say it, I'm like, why Why did you just that's, say that's that? That's okay. Cool bananas is cool. Is that's it cool. though? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm skeptical. See, that? that's a skeptical eyebrow right there. No, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't feel silly now about some of my other sayings. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. I still say rad. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, rad. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. rad, man. Yeah. Oh, you know what's the other? Oh, you know what one that I've never said? You know how people go, that's tight. Yeah. <laughs> I never say that. It's really <laughs> weird saying that. Yeah. The um, first time you say it to him, everyone just sort of stops and looks like, and goes, you from what the did 90s? you just say? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or if something's gross, you know how people go, that's chat. I'll go, oh, that's Chattanooga Choo Choo. I think that's a more in-joke with myself, though. That's not funny. That's just... You're just making just yourself like, giggle by saying a silly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, you know how we're talking about golden bits of advice? No, no, wait. Not, not golden bits of advice. Like, what are the golden nuggets? Yeah, yeah. When I was listening on the way here, I was listening to uh, one of your other podcasts with um, Dave Goodman, and um, he gave me an amazing bit of advice once that I was like, if I go, if I do this podcast, I have to like make sure I say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just a bit of advice he gave me once, which like went. Now when I teach, I, I I tell all my students. I think I was um I was practicing for. A, sorry, I know this is like this is kind of taking a a left a sharp left turn. <laughs> Yeah, I was practicing for this. Um, what was I doing? I was entering this like competition where I had to learn a, a, a snare solo, which was quite hard. And I wanted to get up and do it off by heart because I knew everyone was going to get up and have the music. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to fucking get up there. I want to like do it, you know, by memory. And Dave Goodman was like, if you can do something 10 times in a row without any mistakes, before you go on your suite. And I, I love that now because even with my students, I'm like, if you can play that 10 times in a row, I mean, maybe it's not, you know, a full page of, you know, this massive thing. Maybe it's just, um, you know, a lick that they're learning. I'm like, if you can do it 10 times in a row without any mistakes, well, that's a good step. So that's something that I wanted to share. I don't know. I guess I could go for anything really. Anyway, that was just something I wanted to share. That was a golden nugget yeah. uh, for me. A golden Goodman nugget. <laughs> Goodman got yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait sorry. <laughs> That's a bit of a tongue teaser. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's fucking great advice because so much of the thing is like how do I know when to move on to something? Or And it's great to have a little thing like that where you're like, can I do it like this? Yes or no? Okay, if not, I need to work on it more. Mm. Yeah, I someone, think that. Someone also said to me once when I was not sure if I should start my own band, they're like, well, you know, it's nice to be the captain of your own ship, even if it's a small dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they were saying, you know, you, you could be on the, that cruise ship, but you're not the captain. You know, you're just going to – you know what? That's probably a bad analogy. Anyway, I don't know what that means. I think it just means like being in a small dinghy is cool because anyway, just – yeah. <laughs> Can you say something now that's like more interesting and more profound, please? <laughs> Life is a journey. Oh. That's all I got. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I'm really excited to see. Um, speaking of great musicians, Dave Goodman, um, since playing Kitar, I've been. Actually, since playing Kitar, it's really helped with my. Um, transcription schools on drums I, for some reason because I've been listening to like synth solos and guitar solos and not just the melody like rhythm wise I mean that's that sounds so silly because you could just um, listen to drums and you would get better at it but for some reason it's had a weird subtle effect 
in my listening to drums, maybe listening to the more melodic stuff. But um, I'm really excited because John Five is coming to uh, Sydney next year, and John Five is the um, insane guitarist. Wait, that's more bass hands. Guitarist is like I don't know. Anyway, uh, he's uh, plays guitar from like Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, and um, I've been listening to him, and I'm trying to like learn on the guitar solo, which is quite hard, but. Um, I'm so excited. I don't normally like nerd out on bands or musicians, but in fact, and it's it's weird too because I'm a drummer. So it's like I really should be nerding out over like a drummer, but it's, you know, it's just like sick guitarist that's coming. I'm really excited. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because there's, there's two things that I find are like common threads through all the drummers that I go, holy shit. And that's they usually have studied jazz and they usually – play or sing or write or do something that is completely outside and that just makes their drumming fit so much better into the broad picture than just because i it's more musical yeah and drummers get caught up on shit like what's my groove what's my part what's my kick drum pattern doing here instead of going what's the emotion of this part of the song what what does this need to convey meaning and of, of course that's going to irradiate back into your, into your playing as well too. I think that's fucking great that then by doing that, you're like, oh, I recognize these rhythmic figures easier because I only have to worry about rhythm. Mm. All of a sudden there's no melodic element that I'm yeah. noticing as well. Yeah. As I really love drummers that write songs. I think, yeah, some of the best songs have been written by drummers. Like Rob Hurst or like um, Phil Collins or even just now like Anderson Pack or um, I'm sure there's a a lot more out there, but, um, yeah, really interesting. And I'm enjoying, I love being able to play piano and play chords and melody and go, what groove, like, how is this going to fit? It's kind of fun. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that, that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap up. So I'll throw two in. What makes the perfect groove? What makes the perfect groove? I don't know if there's such thing. Cause you know, everything's imperfect um perfect groove i've been doing a lot of work lately on that bernard purdy shuffle and there is a sweet spot that you get to uh i don't know what tempo is but i don't know the perfect groove something that's just like in the pocket i don't even know that's such a hard question um yeah it could not be more (laughs) open-ended because then because then what if my like oh my gosh what if you don't even have a gauge on like good groove you might be playing something be like yeah this is really good and someone else is like bro you are playing out of time or like do you know what i mean yeah I don't know. totally yeah yeah i always think a good groove is like kind of repetitive and kind of like um what do you call it when you go into a a state of like trance trance yeah it's like you know it's like i don't know it's kind of like repetitive and a bit meditative and one of my favorite songs is um them changes by thundercat and it's just i think a four bra no i think it's a two bar phrase that's just repeated through the i think it's sampled but it's it's really groovy because it's just consistent and so maybe that's my answer what makes a good groove maybe i'll just say what i like out of a groove is like yeah consistency and repetition does that answer the question? That's a hard question. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a tough one. Yeah. Almost everyone has a different answer to that as well too because it is – it's so subjective. Like there is no objective measure of is this groovy or not? It's like yeah. th- th- there's so much of a context element needed because you might, you might be able to play a fucking awesome like Jay Diller drunken sort of vibe but then you put that in the context of a pop gig and it's fucking all mm. over the shop. 
and vice versa. Or experimental jazz. Yeah. And like out of time, it's like, that was really groovy. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And then the, the last thing would be three Aussie or miscellaneous drummers that you think people should know more about. Okay. So recently um, I did a gig with Roland and I had to I, – I, I played an electronic drum kit, uh, performed, and there was another drummer that I'd never met and his name was called Shane Russell from 12 Foot Ninja. He's the funniest fucker. Also really nice. Like I really resonate with people that, you know, you can – just they're vibrating at that higher frequency. And then I checked out, I'd never heard of 12 Foot Ninja. And oh my gosh. And then I just, I heard him play and I was like, who is this guy? And then I like went onto YouTube and then I don't know how known or unknown they are, but I never heard of them. So that is my band to go, go on YouTube and just type in 12 Foot Ninja. So hilarious. I don't know if you know who they are. Fucking amazing. Oh, great. Yeah. And the two other drummers that people probably know, but... They're not really here much. They're touring lots. But one of them is Lisa Pomod. Lisa, I don't know how to say her last name, but she's just an incredible reggae drummer and she's, like, touring. Like, if you go, if you ch- check her out, like, she's got groove and she's insane. Um, but she's not really a, a local. In fact, I probably should have done more homework and looked up some of the artists she played with. Uh, Did she used to play with Alpha Mama like way back in the day? Uh, at the uh, the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't he- seen her play for probably 10 years, but she even then was a beast. Like, yeah. In fact, yeah. So she's a she's a great female drummer that's, that's touring and doing really well. And um, another great um, female drummer that's touring, doing that lifestyle and doing really well is Paris Jeffries, who plays with... Yeah, years and years. Yeah. Um, oh, now the, actually, I wanted to quickly say Jody Michaels just um, recently graduated from Berkeley Global Jazz Institute, which is really amazing because when I went to the con, I think I was like the third female to go through. I think she was the first, but then she went on to study at Berkeley. Yeah, right. I just think it's such a massive achievement. Like she's a great um, jazz drummer, and yeah, I just have a lot of respect for her because. Studying is, yeah, it takes um, dedication, especially with the harmony as well. I really struggle with that aspect of it um, at uni. So, yeah, she just graduated from freaking Berkeley. So I think she's just moved to New York, but she is from Australia. So that's where I'm coming with this. Some of the other drummers that I really like, you've already interviewed them. So um, I guess Simon Barker would also be another one. He's a really big inspiration. Yeah. My first lesson with him, I... I, I say to people, he literally changed my life because when I went and had my first lesson with him, I was so uptight. When I played drums, I used to hold my breath and I was like overthinking things and like just a bit of, you know, when you have thoughts going through your head and he just solved all of that. And that was like a turning point in my drumming. So, wow. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure people know who he is. So if they don't, they should check him out. Yeah. He's just, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, they're all really inspiring. It's all just like hard work pays off. It's like, if, you know, they've, yeah, just people who like have, that's what I find really inspiring about them. It's like, these are their goals. They've literally, you know, gone out and achieved them. And it's, it's really cool. So, yeah. Thanks, Loz. This Thanks is for having me, great. dude. Yeah, pleasure. Nice. Yeah. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. 